The scripture this morning comes from the third chapter of Luke, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of the emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the, the region of Eturia and Trachonitis, and Licinius, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming in the wilderness a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Let every valley, every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That's God's word for us this morning. Fred Craddock said, would draw from any occasion the anticipation of it and even an event of great importance is much impoverished. We're in the season of anticipation, the Advent season, looking forward to the coming of Jesus. And as uh, hopefully all of you know, Jesus has already come, so it is hard for us to get our heads around expectation of Jesus' coming. But let me suggest to you that even in Christ's coming, even in Christ proclaiming in the first chapter, verses 14 and 15 in Mark, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is near, as he announces his ministry, we can all agree, I believe, that the kingdom that God envisioned that Jesus would proclaim to all of us, to all people, to all flesh, has not yet come. We know in part, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, we know in part, but not in full. The day will come when we will know fully and be fully known. But that day is not today. We pray for peace, knowing that peace is yet to come to this world. We're anticipating, we're hoping that. We're walking the road. And in walking the road, God wants us, desires for us to do that with great joy. Enjoy the journey. Even with its Hills and valleys with its crooked ways sometimes, with paths that are not always straight. God's hope for us is that we can enjoy the journey. Several years ago, when I had the opportunity to uh, be in a Lily peer group, research group 
And we were able to travel around the three years that I was in that group. And some of you remember that experience. It's about 10 years now since that happened. One of the places that we went was New York City. We visited several, day, several churches there, saw what they were doing in ministry, the remarkable kinds of things that they were doing in ministry. After a day of visiting uh, a church in Harlem and a church in Jamaica, New York, Queens, New York, we decided that we would go see a, a Broadway show that night. And we went to see The Lion King, or we bought tickets to see The Lion King. Before we did that, one of the people in our group had a sister that lived in New York City. And we got to go to her apartment. And uh, I'd never been in a, an actual New York City apartment uh, to see uh, really how small that was. And then to realize how much... Uh, this, uh, this woman's sister was paying for that small apartment. How expensive it was. When we got finished uh, there, and it was time to move on and go to the theater, uh, we had two cho- uh, choices. We could walk, and it was about two miles to get to the theater district from where we were, or we could uh, go get on the subway, which was only a block or two. The station's only a block or two away from the apartment. Uh, I convinced everybody that it would be a great idea to walk. <laughs> and, and so that's, that's what we did. And uh, I can tell you, I, I don't think I've ever, I've, I've enjoyed other walks I've had, other hikes as much, but I don't think I've ever enjoyed a walk more than that two miles walking through New York City to the theater district. The Lion King was a good, it was good. But what I really remember is that walk. Through all those people, all the people, all the excitement, all the lights that were part of the city at night, uh, the anticipation that that created in me. I know that that walk uh, enabled me, helped me to, and once I got to the theater, once we got to the theater, to enjoy the show even more perhaps than I would have. The anticipation of a thing. Enjoying the journey with its crooked turns, with paths that are usually not straight, with hills and and valleys. But in the midst of that, finding enjoyment in the journey, in the anticipation of a thing. Most of you, if you've got children or grandchildren, have heard of Elf on a Shelf. See, I'm convinced that the person who created Elf on a Shelf did that to torment parents and grandparents with make, by making children even more excited about Christmas than they already are. You know, as if bouncing off one or two walls wasn't enough. Elf on the Shelf enables your child or grandchild to bounce off every wall in the house. The anticipation of a thing. Well, John comes preaching. And Luke describes the setting for us. It's in the wilderness, Luke tells us. It's a political, social, and physical setting. God's saving work takes place in a real time, real place, in the lives of real people. And the people that are listed in these verses that I just read, I used to be terrified when I was younger in Sunday school, 
that somebody would ask me to read verses like that because of the names that are there, the difficulty in pronouncing them. In fact, I'm still kind of terrified to do that. The political, social, and physical setting. God's saving work takes place in real time, in a real place, with real people. So Luke lists off all these political leaders, these social figures, these religious leaders, as he's describing the setting in which John the Baptist comes to proclaim the coming of the Lord. The wilderness. And it calls us, just as it would have reminded people to whom Luke was writing of the wilderness experience of the Jewish people, uh, it calls to mind perhaps the own, our own wilderness that, that we are walking through or what seems to be a wilderness, a, a wild place, a place where things like San Bernardino can happen. And that tragedy and other tragedies that have taken place over the last several weeks and months and years. In the midst of the tragedy that occurred in San Bernardino, perhaps we should also remember that just a couple hours up the road to our north, in the city of Chicago, 471 people have been murdered so far this year. 2,780 people in Chicago have been shot this year. We can go 60 miles south, and some of us may have already gone Christmas shopping in Indianapolis or contemplating going shopping in Indianapolis to 60 miles to our south. 132 people in Indianapolis have been murdered this year. The wilderness. And perhaps we need to ask ourselves a question, have we lost our way? John the Baptist comes proclaiming this voice in the wilderness. Finally comes this poet with the words, prepare the way of the Lord. With a hopeful word with a word of, of peace for us. The Lord's coming and the preparation for his coming are the initiatives of a gracious God. It's God who comes to us in Jesus Christ, not, not we that go to God. God has come to us. And in that coming, Luke reminds us in setting the stage, talking about John the Baptist's ministry, that salvation is for all flesh. That there's some unfinished work that needs to be done. That while the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God hasn't come fully yet. That we know but through a glass darkly, as Paul says to the church in Corinth. 
Oh, the day will come when we'll know face to face, but right now we can see some things and they seem very blurry. Unfinished work. And the question for us, when we look at the church, when we look at our own lives, what can I do when the problem seems so overwhelming? What can I do? What difference can I make? Well, it's important, I think, to remember that you can do what you can do. It's small things that can make a huge difference. How you treat people in your family. How you treat people in the workplace. How you offer your smiles. How you hold doors open for people. How you show hospitality. I ran across a couple of uh, stories this week that illustrate my point. That small things can make a huge difference. First one was about a man who got fired from his job during uh, World War II. His name was Larry Guerra. He was a professor at Grove City College in Pennsylvania. Now, over 50 years from the time that he was fired, a representative of his former employer... Grove City showed up at his door and apologized. Guerra had spent time in prison for refusing to register for the draft during World War II. His views were anathema to J. Howard Pugh, the president of Sun Oil and chairman of the board Grove City, which is a Presbyterian college. Could have just as easily been a disciples college. Pugh accused him of being a communist. Guerra, now 93, landed a job later at Wilmington College in Ohio where he taught for the rest of his career. No one is still living who who was directly involved in his firing. The apology was delivered by Richard Jewell, former president at Grove City. That may be somebody that you need to offer an apology to, a simple thing. Nobody said it was an easy thing. One of my favorite quotes comes from G.K. Chesterton, a Christian writer and columnist, the turn of the 20th century. G.K. Chesterton said this about being a Christian. He said, Christianity hasn't been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. Simple thing, offering an apology. Saying I'm sorry, trying to reconcile with somebody, perhaps who, who you have had uh, ill will toward for whatever reason for a while now. Perhaps a wrong that was done. That's something you can do. That's something we can do, to ask for forgiveness. 
to let God's grace work. Simple thing, but something that brings peace. Another example, following outbreaks of violence between Palestinians and Israelis. An Israeli hummus restaurant. Hummus, you know, you dip Tostitos in it. It's great while you're watching football, those kind of things. Hummus restaurant, who knew they had hummus restaurants? Hummus restaurant near the coastal city of Netanyahu offered a 50% discount to Jewish and Arab customers who sat together. The restaurant manager said, if there's anything that can bring these people together, it's hummus. Simple things. What can I do in the midst of of all these, these overwhelming things that are happening in this world and in our country? Well, you do what you can do. simple things that all of us can do. You don't have to call the wilderness home or stumble in the dark. Hear the good news. All flesh, all of us, all people, all flesh will see God's salvation. We pray it every day or every Sunday. And maybe you pray it every day. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Amen. Let's pray together.